0: For great-looking T-shirts, hoodies, and sweatshirts, the TNT Shop is now open at tntradio.live misty winston on today's news talk radio tnt
1: well hey there and welcome to the misty winston show here on today's news talk thank you as always for tuning in to hang out with me i appreciate you very much shout out to the uh peeps in the chat uh thanks for being here it's always good to see you um okay so uh the david mcbride trial has gotten a little spicy uh i know we've been talking about it uh, a little bit every day uh but there it's getting interesting so um again uh, a quick reminder consortium news is on the ground in the courtroom every single day they Will be for the duration of the trial. So um, if you are looking to follow along, that is your source, in my opinion. Uh, there's also several other people who are doing it. Mary Costaquitas um, and some other people as well. I'm just uh very partial to consortium news myself. So um that is who I would recommend. Um, Kathy Vogan, who's a dear friend of mine, is doing video updates every day. And I think Joe Loria is doing the write-ups every day that they're doing in article format on the website, which is consortiumnews.com. So oh, today things got a little, well. I guess it would have been yesterday. hate time zones. Yesterday in Australia, I guess it would have been, um, uh, got a little spicy. So uh, this is what they have out. Uh, the McBride trial defeat. It looks like I'm going to jail, which makes my skin crawl. David's a friend of mine. I hate that this is happening. Um, he is uh, maintaining some level of positivity, though. I don't know how, but he is a, a phenomenal human. So again, this is written by Joe Lauria at consortiumnews.com. The judge in the case of Australian military whistleblower David McBride dealt the defendant a serious blow on Wednesday, when he ruled against a public interest defense during the trial, quote, I will instruct the jury that there is no aspect of duty that allows the accused to act in the public interest contrary to a lawful order, end quote, Justice David Mossup told the court. So really quickly, I'm going to uh, interject here. There's been some uh, conversation on Twitter that he is referring to the actual murder of the 39 unarmed uh, Afghan civilians. Um, being the lawful order. That's not what they're referring to. Uh, David uh, obviously didn't take any part in that. He revealed that information. So that is the uh, lawful order. He was told to cover that up, essentially. Uh, And because he dared to uh, bring that information forward and expose those literal war crimes, uh, that is the lawful order that he uh, went against, which is crazy. Um, Outside the court, this is again back to Joe Lauria. Outside the courtroom during a break, McBride told press, quote, it looks like I will be convicted and will go to jail, end quote. McBride's lawyers had asked that the case be moved at this stage to a three-judge appeals court plan, a request that Mossup denied. However, Stephen Odgers McBride's chief counsel, objected and Mossup has allowed a hearing on the matter on Thursday before a different judge. Jury selection that had been scheduled for Thursday has been pushed back to Monday morning. So again, because of the time difference, it's 5.07 uh, here in Ohio. I think that it is 9.07 in Canberra, which means, an I think Kathy Vogan said that the uh, appeals, um, uh, the appeals hearing will take place at 10 a.m. So that should be uh, when I end the show that should be taking place. So uh, I'm very interested to see how that plays out. Um, Okay, quote, I thought I would go to jail and the case hopefully goes to the high court. So it rules that there is a duty to serve the public interest. I will be waiting in jail for this to happen, McBride told reporters. Uh, McBride, who served two terms in Afghanistan as a lawyer with the Australian Defense Force, has been charged in a five count indictment for a trial that is expected to last three weeks. The prosecution has argued since Monday that McBride broke laws of military discipline by leaking to the Australian media mcbride's lawyers conceded in court that he indeed broke such regulations but that he had a duty to the nation that superseded military discipline his leaks to the australian broadcasting corporation revealed murders of unarmed afghans by australian soldiers uh, though 39 murders were identified by a government investigation so far only one australian soldier has been charged with murder in afghanistan the pretrial debate was a battle between opposing ideas of the military's role in society is it to serve the entire community's interest or is it a law unto itself the judge's decision on wednesday regarding this uh his instructions to the jury has decided that battle in the government's favor mossup said he would instruct the jury that a soldier's oath to the sovereign does not mean he can violate a lawful order to serve the public's cause the defense had argued that since uh the sovereign's duty is to the public it follows that a soldier's oath to the king Also meant serving the public left unmentioned in the courtroom. Amazingly uh, during the first three days was in fact the 39 murdered unarmed Afghans. So, which is not surprising. They don't want to talk about that part. Um, So again, uh, I think that uh, at the uh, top of the hour, um, 6 PM here in Ohio, uh, 10 uh, AM in Canberra. um, I think that that is where this appeals thing is going to be taking place. Now, David also tweeted out, he seems, um, Kind of hopeful here. Um, he said yeah, this is he tweeted this out today, uh, quote, the prosecutors in my case, having yesterday claimed there were absolutely no exceptions to following orders under any circumstances at all, have realized that they will be successfully appealed. So are backtracking. It was if if that wasn't their belief. Why did they say that it was zero credibility? Yeah, of course, zero credibility. Uh, he also followed that up in a thread. Uh, saying when you have a truly despicable enemy like the clown prosecutors and the attorney generals, they will always trip themselves up by going too far. I knew they would do it, quote, full steam ahead, your honor with a little <laughs> vomit emoji. Um, so I, I watched a video. David has also been posting very brief videos. Obviously he's a little bit more, uh, constricted on what he can say publicly, but he did a little video on his YouTube, um, kind of, uh, addressing this and reacting to it. Um, and he said that they, he thinks in his opinion, uh, that the, they made a mistake here and that, uh, rather than saying that there were zero exceptions, uh, whatsoever to, um, uh, disobeying those orders that they should. Have said yes, there are exceptions, but he does not meet those um, because by taking such a strong stance now that opened it up to being appealed, which obviously David will do. Um, I don't know, I don't know how that's going to play out. Um, Hopefully, we will have some more information following today. But it's all of this is very hairy. It makes me very nervous for my friend. Um, So again, go support him if you're in Canberra. Um, uh, I think everything usually kicks off around 8 a.m., 9 a.m. They have some speakers. Uh, So go support. Also, he has a book out. Um, Go buy that. Help him get on the bestseller list. That would obviously help uh, draw attention to his case. However, you can help him tweeting about it, whatever. Um, uh, Try to get some eyes and ears on this case and let people know that we need to support and protect whistleblowers. Uh, We need them now more than ever. So. Okay, Uh, don't forget you can follow me over on the tweeters at sarcasm stardust check out the substack .substack mistywinston.substack.com. My uh, good friend Indy runs that for me does a fantastic job. I don't know what I would do without Indy. Uh, It is uh, mistywinston.substack.com. It's free to subscribe and there's a write up for the guest of the day every day so that you can find follow and support their work as well. And if you would like you can shoot me an email over at mistywinston.tntradio.live. If you have a guest idea show idea, whatever it is, hit me up. I will try to get you back in while you're at it. Why not give TNT radio Radio, a follow, especially on Twitter, because we're shadow banned there, of course. Uh, But we are on all the major social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Gab and Getter. And you can help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time on TNT Radio.
2: The news and talk you need. It's more than just opinions. It's facts.
1: This
0: is today's News Talk Radio TNT.
1: Well, this is a despicable story we're bringing to you today. Reportedly, the World Health Organization, otherwise known as the WHO, uh, paid $250 each to at least 104 Congolese women who were allegedly sexually abused by its staffers during the deadly Ebola outbreak in the African nation. Here with the story, joining me now is TNT Radio News producer Adam Clark, a.k.a. Ruckus. My friend, $250. Are they serious right now?
3: Well, I mean, they almost almost got as much money as the uh, the poor people who lost everything in the uh, Lahaina fire right up in Maui.
4: Um,
3: (laughs) And of course, neither one of them combined come anywhere near to the amount of free money that everybody was given during the pandemic. But hey, all that aside, yeah, 250 bucks to shut up and, you know, sorry about that. You know, this is sick. Um, This is a report that came from the Associated Press yesterday. These payments uh, all together. So, you know, let's look at the big picture, I suppose. (laughs) Uh, $26,000 by the WHO payments uh, were made earlier this year when Gaia Gamwegie, the doctor in charge of the World Health Organization's work on sexual harassment and abuse prevention, visited the Democratic Republic of Congo, the DRC, to address the biggest known sex scandal in the agency's history, uh, according to the AP, citing internal documents. Uh, Recipients were reportedly required to complete training courses designed to assist them in starting, quote unquote, income generating businesses in order to receive The cash. One of the abused women is said to have given birth to a baby with a disability that requires special medical. Care. Yeah, sorry about that. Here's 250 bucks. Uh, An investigation commissioned by the World Health Organization reported in September 2021 that 21 of its employees were among 83 aid workers who sexually assaulted local women and girls while on a 2018 to 2020 UN Ebola mission in the DRC. Uh, Apparently, they had a good time. Uh, According to the 35 page report, the abuses, which included nine allegations of rape, Were committed by both local and international workers while dozens of women claimed to have been offered work in exchange for sex others said they were coerced with alcohol trapped in hospitals and forced to have sex leaving two of them pregnant the commission said it found clear structural failures and an inability to manage the risks of sexual exploitation and incidents of abuse in the central african country Prior to that, AP reported that senior World Health Organization management had been made aware of the sexual misconduct in 2019 as it occurred. But did little to stop it. Last month, the Global Health Agency announced that five staff members had been sacked since 2021 in response to findings of sexual misconduct. It appears to be a problem they keep having. The names of 25 other alleged perpetrators have also been entered into a UN database to prevent future employment, it added. However, the alleged victims are said to have expressed distrust in the WHO insisting that its efforts were not enough. According to the AP, several Congolese women who were sexually exploited have yet to receive compensation, while the institution reportedly said in a confidential document last month that about a third of the known victims were quote, impossible to locate, end quote. It claimed that nearly a dozen others declined its offer. Those who received the $250 cash, including a young woman who now has a five-year-old daughter as a result of the incident, told the outlet that the payout was insufficient and that their main goal was to see justice served. Uh, Yeah. um, I, yeah, just blown away by this. What do you think?
1: I mean... It's so gross. This is not uncommon though. Uh, And it's not um, only isolated to uh, the WHO. This, I mean, we've seen this take place in numerous countries, including Haiti. Um, uh, My friend Dan Cohen has done great reporting on the... uh, uh, unbelievable, horrible things that have happened in Haiti. Um, but yeah, this is not uncommon. I think that this is something that happens uh, probably on a fairly regular basis uh, with various different organizations like WHO, uh, other like aid organizations, things like that. I don't think that this is um, an uncommon situation at all. What really disgusts me is that they, uh, you know, t- here's 250 bucks, uh, but you can't just have 250 bucks. You also need to take this class. We're going to force you to take this class so that you can uh, 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 make a income generating business. And that's the, I mean, you have there's we're going to means test this. If you don't follow those rules, then we're not going to give you the money at all. Um, and then just shut up about it. It's just so despicable that that's they think that they can just. And I mean, unfortunately, it's they're not wrong. They can usually just throw monies, money at these situations, especially in countries like this where, um, you know, people are incredibly desperate. Uh, this is poverty like we don't even have any comprehension of in the United States. Um, so but it's just it's it's so gross. And it's I feel like there's never any accountability. There's probably not going to be any accountability here either. Um, they're going to try to just uh, brush this one to the side, brush it under the rug. I'm really surprised that it's even getting any uh, media coverage, uh, obviously, RT's Covering it (laughs) Because that's what the RT is actually pretty good about covering uh, stuff like this, um, which I think is part of the reason why they've been banned in many Western countries. But yeah, it just it makes me sick. uh, The things that they uh, are getting away with and the idea that um, 104 Congolese women were uh, put in and and frankly, it's probably more. Um, That's just the ones that we know about the ones who, uh, you know, came forward. Anytime, you know, anytime there's a situation like this, they always say if you see a mouse, there's many more where that came from. Uh, And I think that this is probably uh, another situation like that. And unfortunately, we'll continue. They're probably doing it right now uh, in some other country, some other place, um, similar circumstances, uh, because they just continue to get away with it. But what do you think, Adam? I mean, 250 bucks, that's surely enough, right?
3: Yeah, no, not at all. Um, yeah, You mentioned something about accountability. Now, we probably won't see that. But um, no. we're, we're clearly not seeing accounting either, just general basic math, because from where I'm sitting, based on my own research, and this is publicly available information, considering how much money that uh, billionaire Bill Gates pumps into the World Health Organization, you would think that they right? could afford to pay these women just a little bit more than $250 cash. That's all I'm saying, you know
1: yeah yes that's a great point bill gates uh funnels a ton of money into the who and it's they're certainly not hurting for funding um and uh, they're obviously not doing <laughs> a whole lot with that money to help people uh as they should be doing um you know they have a, a lot of executives are getting rich over there but yeah it's 250 bucks it's an insult it's so offensive to me uh that that's all that they offer to these women i don't blame these women for being hesitant to even take it um and yeah they're right to fight for actual justice. They're not going to get it unfortunately, I think, I mean, that's probably, well, it is the cynic in me, but also I think I'm right. They're not going to get it. Um, You know, in situations like these, this is a David and Goliath and they are just going to walk all over these women, um, shut them up and move about their business, business as usual. And so, I mean, and this will just happen in some other country, uh, you know, probably is happening, as I said, right now, somewhere else. Uh, And it just, it's just so sickening. and. I just there's really not much that anybody can do about it because it's uh unfortunately these people are uh, somewhat above the law. Uh, that's just the way that it is. They talk about international rules based order. It doesn't apply to them. And I think that, that that's what the situation really lays bare. So, uh, all right, Adam, thanks for bringing us the story. We will talk to you again tomorrow. As always, hang tight. We're going to be back with our guest right here on TNT Radio.
0: TNT Radio's Kate Shimarani.
4: Last night was an interesting one in London. The Metropolitan Police in Trafalgar Square. They were getting pelted with fireworks by the pro Palestinian. From what I could see from the footage, they, they must have been in on the act because they weren't doing anything. Didn't look like they were doing any arrests. And I seem to remember being chased down Whitehall by hundreds of cops in my stilettos and green cape. So it's still on YouTube, 3.2 million views. And I was arrested. And then I was arrested later and they sent the helicopter and lots of uh, riot police in to get me. They didn't get me that day, but they got me later. Um, and that was me, a woman in her 50s with a pair of high heels on. But no, they were part of the Guy Fawkes night last night. AKA agents of the state, a eh? metropolitan police, political policing is and you can only come down with your batons and your riot police, the TSG, on peaceful British citizens campaigning against lockdown. Oh, do I sound bitter? I don't think so. Kate
5: Shimarani on TNT Radio. When the world's endangered animals need help most, when their lives are at greatest risk, when they would otherwise be lost, the International Fund for Animal Welfare is there. Taking action to rescue the animals we love to protect them and their threatened natural habitats. But the danger to animals the world over is growing. And the need for your help has never been more urgent. On land, you'll help stop poachers from threatening and killing elephants and big cats for the illegal wildlife trade. In the oceans, you'll help rescue dolphins, whales and seals from deadly hazards. And you'll help rescue, rehabilitate, and release vulnerable animals when disasters strike. Here at home and around the world, we can't do this work without you. See how you can help animals and people thrive together at joinifall.org. Info at your beck and call. The stunning developments. Stay tuned for updates. Just tell your smart device to play.
0: TNT Radio.
1: All right, we are here joined by Matt O'Brannon, uh, who is a Kiwi media designer and teacher who became an Assange activist four and a half years ago. Matt has been traveling Europe arranging super cool photo actions. He's got this awesome life-size cardboard cutout of Assange, uh, and he takes that around showing public solidarity, inviting people to take pi- part in an eye-catching photo op so that they can use social media to uh, show their support for Assange. Matt has also been wearing an orange Gitmo suit with Julian's prisoner number on every day for over a year, which obviously draws a lot of eyes. People are constantly asking him what the heck he's wearing uh which is great uh and he's also he also helped inspire the recent human chain i'm sure everybody remembers that i talked about it extensively on this show uh it's when everybody joined hands uh in the uk in support of julian assange in london so hey matt thanks for being here it's good to talk to you
6: g'day how how are you great to talk to you misty it's yeah wonderful to talk to another assange uh, passionate activist yeah Especially yeah, it's always States good too, to
1: have. Uh, it's always good to have our people on the show. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's. All, I always feel mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. this is just an easy show for us uh, because it's something that we're both so passionate about. So, um, uh, I wanted to ask you yeah. quickly uh, how you got involved in the Assange case. You say four and a half years ago, so I assume that it was the arrest uh, of Julian Assange being yanked out of the Ecuadorian embassy uh, that inspired you to get active. Is that correct?
6: Yeah, no, well, actually, uh, so maybe it's four years, really, because it wasn't quite at the air, It was a little after that. Um, it's funny, you know, people ask, what can I do about Julian Assange? And I think there's many answers to that. But one thing what triggered me, a friend of mine in New Zealand had his profile picture of Julian in the police van, you know, this sort of that photo. And I just kept seeing it in my feed on Facebook. And I really, I didn't, I hardly knew anything at that point about Wikileaks. So I wasn't someone who really followed the news. Um, I, would only vaguely heard about Julian Assange once, you know, and, um, you know, despite being someone that cared about the world, I wasn't someone who thought the news was particularly important at that time. Um, but, uh, anyway, just from seeing that, I was like eventually triggered to decide, well, i got, w- what's the, what's the deal with this guy, you know, uh, is he some truth teller that's that's being persecuted or what? Um, and it didn't take long. Like, that's the wonderful thing, is if you actually make a decision to inform yourself in this day and age, the information age, it does not take long. If you, you know, put <laughs> let me Google that for you, Julian Assange. Um, and right away, I found the Nils Meltzer, the UN Special Rapporteur's article, and uh, that was shocking. I, honestly, I went from knowing nothing to 40 minutes later, having a firm decision in my mind that I was going to devote my life, like do anything I could to stop this tyrannical precedent. So that was it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that
1: the the nils yeah right yes thank you okay because nils melzer uh, uh, just from a personal experience I was already uh, pretty deep into the assange stuff when that article came out and when nils melzer first initially came forward but he really if it weren't for mm. him coming forward when he did I would quit Matt I'm not joking I was really disheartened I wow. thought this is uh, I'm wasting my time there's no way we can uh, win this we're up against an absolute behemoth of power uh, and I thought mm. you know how, how are we supposed to take this on. And then here comes Nils Melzer, who, as Matt said, is the former Mm. UN special rapporteur on torture. Um, And he admitted, listen, when I was initially uh, approached to take a look at this case, I was like, absolutely not. I believed all the propaganda. I thought he was this Uh horrible person. I thought I believed all of the lies, but I forced myself to look into it further. And in doing so, I educated myself about what's actually happening. And now he is one of the most ardent supporters, one of the most vocal supporters. And that made me realize if we can reach a guy like that, who is pretty entrenched in kind of the establishment. I mean, he's at the UN, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if we can do that, mm-hmm. and if we can encourage that guy to change his mind and to come around and become a supporter, we can do this. And it was it was him. If he hadn't come forward when he did, I probably wouldn't be uh, still doing this at this point. So we have to take a quick break and get some headlines. Matt, hang tight. We're going to be right back here on TNT Radio.
0: TNT Radio News. Are you ready for some awesome news?
4: Yes.
0: One,
2: two, three, four. For TNT Radio News, this is James O'Neill. The Israel Defense Force said today it has delivered crucial supplies to Gaza's Al-Shifa hospital during its ongoing targeted ground operation there. The Georgia District Attorney, who charged former President Donald Trump over his efforts to overturn the state's 2020 election, said Tuesday she expects his trial will be underway through Election Day next year. Slovakia's new government has told the Western NATO alliance it will no longer provide arms and munitions to Ukraine, according to a statement released by the Slovak Defense Ministry on November 14th.
0: For a complete list of shows and our schedule offered on TNT Radio, simply visit our website at tntradio.live. We serve up the latest live news and current affairs, presented by a host of credible and expert commentators who can separate fact from fiction, truth from propaganda, keeping you in the loop on TNT Radio.
1: All right. We are here joined by my friend, Matt, who is an amazing Assange activist, has been for several years. He's taken place or taken part in numerous uh, amazing and actually helped organize numerous um, uh, actions all over the place. Uh, He does fantastic work. And we were just talking there um, a little bit about uh, Nils Melzer. And just really quickly before we dive back into the conversation, as I always try to do, um, I will recommend the Holy Trinity of Assange books to you, uh, which is the book written by Nils Melzer, the book written by uh, Italian journalist Stefania Marizzi, Mm -hmm. who was recently a guest on the show, and the book written by American journalist Kevin Gastola. Um, each of the three books uh, approaches yeah. the case from a different perspective, and they are all 100% worth a read and hugely informative. So uh, I just wanted to bring that up before we uh, move back in. So, um, okay, you've been in this mm. now for four and a half years, and um, mm. it's uh, to me, I feel as if if things are starting to uh, feel a little bit different. It feels as if the pressure, especially and particularly in Australia, is really starting to uh, make an impact. There's now numerous people within yeah. uh, Parliament who are speaking uh, uh, very vocally and publicly in their support for Julian Assange. What do you think? Do you think that we're making that we're gaining some ground here?
6: Absolutely, uh, we are. I, 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 I actually watched a podcast of yours recently where you were saying the same thing and I was speaking to a supporter in Boston uh, who was saying the same thing. That's um, great to hear that it's happening in the US because I've definitely noticed that, Uh I've traveled a bit through Europe now and UK after being in New Zealand campaigning. Um, but even when I was back in New Zealand uh, just over a year ago, I noticed a shift. Uh, and I, I think, I mean, obviously, it's people like Nils Melter. It, It's It's kind of like you can't really pinpoint it. But I, I do think that social media and bloggers have played a huge part. I think people like, I remember someone just ran up to me one day back in Auckland and said, oh my God, like I just heard about this Julian Assange case on the uh, Jordan Peterson podcast. you know, he yep. was so excited to see me wearing my Gitmo suit, with the Free Assange. And it was just really neat. Um, and uh, so I think we are seeing um, the benefits of the, you know, the information of social media revolution, Um, you know, the fact is, whether you like him or not, Joe Rogan outrates Fox News and CNN by a long way. Um, Can we even call them mainstream media anymore? Like, no, not really. Like, social media is king now, and I think we should utilize that. But it's great that you raised the point of uh, Australia, and I think that should give every part of the world hope. I mean, of course, he's from there, so it makes sense that they should be fighting tooth and nail to get him home. Um, but it also is evidence of how a campaign that's been chipped and chipped away, you know, like rain yes. on a rock in a valley, you know, for years. Um, and maybe when you're lost in it, you, you, you start, you don't notice the, the shift because it's so gradual, but then it becomes exponential and, um, it really seems to pick up in the last sort of, uh, year uh in Australia and go from sort of a fringe issue to suddenly mainstream and it's in the paper all the time. Um so I really want to, yeah, and press that upon people there in the States that uh you know, if you're not sure if you're making any progress, don't 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 look at the scoreboard, you know, just keep going and um Yes. And and <laughs> before you know it, it, it catches fire. Yeah. And it can Yeah, like that's the, a great and, point. And that's what happened.
1: Yes. Yeah, that's a great point. And I appreciate mm. you bringing that up because as somebody who is and has been in the trenches for a while, it does start to yeah. feel, um, you know, impossible. <laughs> and it feels, uh, you <laughs> know, we get, in in doing this and uh, advocating for Julian Assange, there are very few wins. You know what I mean? And I joke all the mm. time that I will make up wins. I will invent wins for myself. I will just make them up out of whole cloth just yeah. to like motivate myself a little bit because it is really difficult. But yeah. yes, and I also want to thank you for <laughs> giving credit to. To the activists in Australia because that is yeah, where it sure. has happened it has it this didn't like just mm-hmm. uh you know out of thin air all of a sudden their support for Julian Assange no this is because yeah. of uh the incredible mm-hmm. people in Australia who have been working so hard every single day um uh campaigning mm-hmm. and lobbying their politicians and making phone calls and you know standing out on sidewalks with posters and they've been doing it for a mm-hmm. very long time as you Go said ahead, I really like the rain on a rock metaphor. That is exactly what it has been. Um, And I'm sure that you're probably talking about our friend Paula, who I think is in the chat. (laughs) Hi, Paula. Um, We love Paula. Paula. And Boston, yeah, Boston, she's in the chat. Um, But Boston is a great example of what you just said because they are incredible as well. They are out there, I think bi-weekly still. um, And they go to various different places in Boston and they're constantly lobbying their local politicians. um, And they have seen incredible progress. Mm. And so, yes, um, it may feel hopeless when oh, you're in great. it, but there the the progress is uh, it's unbelievably palpable. You can see it. If you take a step back and you look at where we were and where we are, huge yeah. progress, huge change.
6: Oh, huge. Absolutely. And so where is Paula going? I know Paula has been doing great work in Boston. I've just recently connected to her. But where did you say they're going? Are they going out in public as well as to senators' yeah. offices or...? Yep.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I think they're out. Oh, I think they're out. Right. I think you go to various different places in Boston, um, downtown Boston, um, uh yeah, outside of Fanwell Hall yeah. and things like that. Uh and they hold regular events out there where they have a megaphone or a microphone or whatever. And they um uh yeah, they yeah. do public events, I think twice a month at least. So um yeah, they're fantastic. I love them. Yeah, that's I lo- fantastic. Really I Matt, we're that so lucky between... there's yeah, there's so many great groups all over the world yeah there's so many yeah it's totally there really
6: grassroots. is well it begins as a grassroots thing um and so that's when you know people ask again like what can i do i mean just ask yourself that question because everyone's got different skills and talents but if you think that oh i can't do anything because we're just the public that is the wrong attitude and um like we, we outnumber the establishment like seven billion to one and it <laughs> yeah. does take an effort and it's not always Satisfying sometimes it was incredibly frustrating, but sometimes you do get a win and it's it's fantastic and you just like wow Honestly, I've shocked myself. I'm nobody like I, I was a teacher a media designer musician um, I cared about I you know, I thought about justice and, and equality and human rights all the time But I never really did a lot about it. I didn't know where to start until I found this case and I was like, well, this is kind of like the master key. You know, if 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 it's a crime to reveal corruption and human rights abuses, like even if I was to sit on my ass and do nothing for the rest of my life, at least I could have a sense that maybe Amnesty International or someone else could could fight for my right, our rights. You know, um, but if it's a crime to reveal them, like I, I give us next to no chance. And so that's why to me, this is the most important human rights case uh, in the world today and possibly ever. When you when you put yeah. it in context of how how much uh, power the United States has and and uh, the technologies that are available to uh, to spy on us um, and uh, gosh I mean they've got drones with sniper rifles flying around uh, you know uh, Gaza now and 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 they've got um, yeah robot dogs with guns I mean it's just like How bad could it get? It could get really bad really quick. Yeah. Um, Yes. And there's no reason (laughs) to sort of think. And and, and once you cross that rubric of jailing someone for revealing state crimes, that's it. Like that, it only has to happen once. And then it becomes a much easier process, especially when you're talking about. An award-winning journalist, who, but by, by the way, for listeners, if you don't know, he was Time Magazine's Person's Choice of the Year award in 2010, and he, then right? he, was, he hasn't been freed since 2010. Um, and so if they can do it to, to Time Magazine's Person's Choice Person of the Year, uh, they can do it to anybody.
1: <laughs> and they will. And, uh, they absolutely will. And that's yeah. a great point, too. And also, we should point out as well that um, Julian Assange and WikiLeaks has, have never gotten it wrong. <laughs> that's incredible to me. Yeah. Uh, they've never had to retract yeah, a single right. word that they have ever published. They have a 100% record of accuracy. If you can name another news organization, anybody out there who has that kind of record, uh, I'm welcome to listen to it. I don't think it exists. Um, uh, and you're right. It is, to me, I think that, and I, I talk about this all the time. I realize I sound like a broken record, but in my opinion, this is... Is this case represents the front line for anything else. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter if you're yeah. anti-war. It doesn't yes. matter if you're uh, if you're trying to save the environment. It doesn't matter if you're for better education. It doesn't matter if you're for uh, clean water. It does not matter. If you cannot speak, you cannot fight. And this case represents um, them very quickly taking away our ability to speak up, hold power to account, and to just frankly know what's being done in our name. And so uh, that's why yeah. I'm so passionate I about it, tonight. and I wish more people yeah. Yeah, I, think, I think people don't Uh, make that connection to how it influences our lives they see it as oh that's just a julian assange thing no this is not just julian assange it's way bigger than that Um, we have to take another quick break hang tight we're going to be back here on tnt radio
0: with his expert analysis and opinion
2: this is tnt radio's timothy shea who says legislation isn't a contact sport we nearly came to blows today in the United States Senate as Senator Mark Wayne Mullen of Oklahoma squared off against Sean Butterbean O'Brien, the general president of the International Brotherhood of Teamsters. O'Brien had been very critical of Mullen on X, tweeting, Greedy CEO who pretends like he's self-made. Just a clown and a fraud. Always has been, always will be. Quit the tough guy act in these Senate hearings. You know where to find me. Any place, anytime, time, cowboy. Mark Wayne Mullen read that tweet and said, here is a place. Now a time you want to go and Butterbean said let's go cooler heads like bernie sanders intervened they weren't going to come to blows anyway this wasn't quite the caning of abolitionist republican senator charles sumner by pro-slavery democrat senator preston brooks of south carolina in 1856 but it was good to see a republican show a little spine show a little enthusiasm for his position now if we can only get mark wayne as focused on election integrity efforts and on budgetary issues as he is on posts on X. From MAGAinstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea for TNT Radio.
5: Meet Norm, he lives with anxiety, but with the help of this latest innovation from Be Normal, he can be normal, just like everyone else. With the swipe of a finger, you can project happiness, confidence, machismo. Why settle for being real when you can be normal? the normal maker new from be normal this item doesn't really work because there's no such thing as normal we're all different what we like how our brains work in fact one in five of us live with mental illness don't filter who you are start by talking to someone you trust and remember there is no normal
0: cutting through the clutter this is the misty winston show on today's news talk radio tnt
1: all right. We are joined by Assange activist Matt O'Brannon who is uh, fantastic, does all kinds of amazing stuff, has been wearing an orange get sit suit uh, for over a year, calling attention to Assange's case, which is very effective. People are always asking him, like, what the heck are you wearing? Uh, so that's a really <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously, it's very simple, but very effective. So, OK, uh, Matt, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about where the case stands now, because a lot of people ask me this on a regular basis. Um, so explain to people mm. where we stand, what we're looking at, all of that good stuff
6: yeah um and and first of all, it's worth pointing out that um don't don't rely on this being solved in in the in the process of justice because we know that the charges right. themselves are stacked like there there's no way he can defend himself so so uh, I, I I only worry when people ask that that they assume that uh that and, and rightly so. Like why wouldn't you assume that the, the, the British justice system and US justice system wouldn't get this right? Um, but it's, it's not that simple in this case. They've used a, a very tyrannical, archaic old law, which they've never used against the journals before. It's meant to be used for espionage, people selling secrets. Uh, you know, to the enemy, uh, which he's not accused of doing. Um, they are rebranding journalism as espionage, and, and they and they afford him no ability to defend what he's done, publishing evidence of state crimes because it's in the public interest. And that is the only defense that you could ever possibly have. So let's just say that. And and even if he went to fight it in court, he'll be put in solitary confinement 24 seven, which is, you know, for someone in his condition being detained for 13 years already in 23 hours, solitary for the last four and a half years, like his health will not be up to that. He, you know, it's a death sentence. I, I couldn't imagine anyone surviving 10 years of appeals. You know, let's say he does get to the Supreme Court in the United States. That, that would probably, they say, likely take you know, around 10 years. Imagine being in solitary confinement 24-7 for 10 years after spending 13 years and like next, more or less the same, you know, just the 23 hour. Um, so, yeah, doctors have warned he's going to die. Uh, and, and that's a very likely outcome, if you imagine. That's a hell, you know, that's, a, that's hell on earth. So we cannot allow that. We have to do this politically. We have to do it with activism. We have to lobby our Congress people. Um, and, uh, yeah, just quickly want to acknowledge that 16 us Congress, uh, persons have, uh, just recently written a letter to Joe Biden, uh, just, uh, last week. And that's fantastic. So, um, we just need to build on that in the United States and, um, try and get that number up and that's, you know, that's how it's gone in Australia. Um, but yeah, just to quickly on the case, uh, he's applying for, uh, the right to appeal at the high court level in the UK and the first judge, uh, Jonathan Swift declined his right to appeal. Uh, and, uh, that was shocking. And, and, uh, it's funny. I, 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 ran into him like you, you, mentioned my suit and people noticing it. Well, I was standing outside the, uh, Royal courts justice in London having a conversation to a friend another another science sport. And then, uh, I noticed someone just look at me and just read my sign and then gave a very weird vibe <laughs> and walk away. And I was like, that was unusual. And, and I just like, that guy looked familiar. And I, as I was trying to figure it out, I just told my friend like, James, I, I think I've just seen someone, I might have to call you back. Walked after um, went to this little convenience shop and I, I figured it out. And I was like, oh my God, it's the judge. It's the judge who just declined his appeal, which shocked me and everyone. I think um, they thought they at least get an appeal at the high court level um because up in this time had only been heard in the lowest court in the uk by a rookie judge her first case overseen by a judge with a conflict of interest um and so this the, the most important press freedom case uh you know in western democracy history has been seen by a rookie judge and then this guy jonathan Swift um says no and doesn't give any reasons um and so I kind of challenged him on that. Like, you know, he didn't give his reasons and he, he, he got, he was very anxious and it, that was quite an interesting moment because it, it was like, I mean, I was extremely polite to him because I didn't want to give him any reason, you know, why, you know, I just wanted to ask him and give him a chance to explain. And he didn't really have anything to say about that. And he just was extremely uncomfortable. And I think, you know, I was excessively polite. I was like, oh, kia, you, know, um, I'm a, you know, I'm from New Zealand. Uh, ruled on his case. I just want to know why he did and yeah, just the fact that he was so uncomfortable told me quite a lot. It's just like, yeah, he yeah. knows something's not right with this and um and the fact that he can't explain it kind of says everything, you know, uh even you know, in his decision itself. He he just says no. It's like it's like I don't know if you're know that British um show Little Britain, but it's like computer says no. You know, he's gone through the thirteen points of law and just said, right, no no, it can't no, no, and no explanation. <laughs> yes. And it's like, hang on, these are all quite important st- standards of law that you're that this precedent is throwing out. You know, the right to to know about uh, government crimes being number one, um, uh, yeah. right to a fair trial, right to uh, asylum, right to yeah. There's um, I forget all the points, but um, yeah, so it's quite. Uh, so anyway, we, we certainly uh, would really like British Justice to to hear this out, but ultimately it's going to be um, a political case that we're going to have to win from from the grassroots up. Um, yeah. So yeah you're gonna to have to we're all gonna to have to roll up our sleeves if we wanna protect our fundamental freedoms. And like you said, you know, exactly I love how you put it, it's front line. It's funny, I had the same thought as well. And I totally yeah, it's the front line of the battle for, for our human rights because it's like uh as you say, all of those whatever issue it is, if you're not allowed to know about abuses, how can you solve them? Um right. so it really is the freedom to know. It's like uh yeah, the master key to all the all the all our rights.
1: It really is. Yes. And you're absolutely right. This is going to and I've been saying this for years. It's going to take the court. Obviously, the court system is completely corrupted. It's completely co-opted. That has been made abundantly clear. um, And it's going to take mass public pressure. Mm -hmm. That's how anything is ever solved, Mm -hmm. in my opinion. It's it's very rarely done, uh, you know, through, quote unquote, proper channels, through the legal system, through legislative systems. Uh, It always takes mass public pressure to get anything like this uh, solved or achieved. So um, and that it really does just boil down to making it political politically untenable for them to continue this persecution and it is frankly it is ridiculous mm-hmm. to me that it is the year 2023 uh and this guy has been now 14 years in some form of uh, illegal and arbitrary detention as you mentioned four and a half years now of essentially solitary confinement 24 hours a day mm-hmm. in uh the the Guantanamo bay of the UK and he's a journalist mm-hmm. he has no history of violence um he is no it's it, to me it is astonishing that this has been a able to play out for this length of time and that more people, and I think that just really speaks to the effectiveness of their propaganda, of the way that they've been able to spin this case. They've been able to make it publicly Mm. about Julian Assange and while it is about Julian Mm. Assange obviously, uh, it's really Mm. not. It's really about that right to know and our right to speak and our right to hold power to account um, and all of that. So I think that it is, but people have just been so effectively, either people are entirely misled or they've been uh, made to be apathetic. They just don't see how it impacts mm. them. You know what I mean? They just see it as oh it's just some right. guy who's on trial and I don't it doesn't affect me. And it does. It really really does. Mm. Um so yeah, exactly, great yeah. point just in in uh, and and making sure yeah, making sure that people understand that you this is not this is not something you can sit out. <laughs> you can, we no, we need it, people. It
6: really isn't. Absolutely. I think if you're going to fight for anything you got to, you know, this is the one because it's the master key. You know, the right to know is the master key to, to unlock any of our freedoms. Like you say, whether it's the environment, you know, and I get that. That's an emer- It's To me, you know, that's urgent. You know, We've got to sort that out. We've got uh, war, you know, guards are Like that was Julian's main thing really was to, to create a world of peace through through truth because he believes, and I think he's correct, that populations don't actually like war. We don't actually like seeing uh, people being killed just because they are a different race or a different religion, um, generally, people do not like that. The only people that are motivated to do that are people that want economic domination and um, uh, you know and and so he he thought, well, if we publish the truth, um, cut through the the sort of the lies that they use to justify these horrible things um, and, and in fact, it worked. So, case in point, like he, Stefania Maurizi, uh, as you mentioned, she was involved with WikiLeaks, she was on your show. I remember she pointed out in, in another interview that uh, one of the documents that Julian is being prosecuted for is a document, uh, a diplomatic cable that revealed a horrific uh, incident. Uh, US troops in Iraq had uh, shot, gone into a home and shot some children, a family, a grandmother, some kids under the age of five. They were handcuffed and shot in the back of the head and then called in a bombing raid to cover up the the crime scene, Um, but WikiLeaks, you know, got hold of this and, and okay, you know, hey, that's classified, but it's evidence of a war crime, so what are you going to do? Would you publish it? You know, and uh, any good journalist, I would expect to publish that, Um, and so he did, and in fact, the Iraqi government got that from WikiLeaks, um, publishing it, and then went to Obama and said, hey, look, this is not, this is too much. Like, uh, we're gonna have to start referring these to the International Criminal Court. And um, that is the moment at which Barack Obama decided to withdraw the troops from Iraq. And I believe he got the Nobel, might have got the Nobel Peace Prize for that. But uh, it seems that that should have gone to Julian Assange, which is crazy. Yes, <laughs> and jailed. It's crazy. And so, if you if you want a better example of how this impacts you, if you're somebody that cares about peace or you know any other issue, but um, this is your right to know that's in jail, not not Julian Assange. Simply, it's you know of course, yeah, he's a human being. We're gonna like. Save him and, and but but it's really bigger than it's so much bigger than that and he'll be the first person to tell you that. Um, yes. That it that it's about yes. the right to know and that's what he, yeah. he fought for and that's what they're clamping down on. Um and, and and it's totally, it totally undermines the US's real power in my view. Um, that um, you know I think conservative people would say that U.S. power comes from their military and the fear and intimidation. And certainly that, that, that's, that's part of it. Um, but I think the real power um, in life and, and for the U.S. is its soft power, its, its reputation as a democracy, uh, the values, the shared values of freedom that we all you know, love. Um, I mean, I think everybody has that uh, appreciation for, for what the U.S. began at, and, and, has, and says that it represents. Um, you know the First Amendment, the protection of free speech, the right to know—that's written in there um, specifically. And I think the press is the only institution that's sort of like, uh, or you know, that that's protected in that way uh, specifically, and uh, it's it's for that purpose. You know, the great experiment uh, of a of a potential true democracy, and I think and. Julian is the greatest embodiment of that. People, people have tried to cast him as some sort of anti-U.S. person, uh, when in fact uh, he said himself on 60 Minutes interview that his greatest inspiration is the U.S. First Amendment, like the U.S. uh, So um, he he believes in that. Like to me, he's the greatest American hero. He's an Australian. We're not going to take that away. But um, (laughs) really, this is a chance. Yeah, he he really wanted to fulfill. That promise of the, the vision of the United States, what it was set up to be. Uh, so I, I feel like we need to really, um, to, to, to campaign around that and, and to say, hey, like, this is a chance to, um, and, and, and the, the information age allows us to take it into a whole new level. Uh, and that yeah. is why they put, there's pushback because it's like, oh gosh, really? Are we going to have this much, uh, transparency? Um, and, uh, so there's a bit of a freak out because, you know, corrupt power has still been able to operate outside of the light. Um, while it's technically a democracy, we we can still have crimes being done in the in the shadows. But hey, let's shine a light there. And then, you know, there's only one option. I think uh, at that point, the corrupt power either has to uh, become better and and start to you know straighten up and fly right or they have to clamp down and become more tyrannical. And unfortunately, that is the option that they seem to yeah. be veering towards currently. But it's not too late to pull up and <laughs> change directory, um, drop the charges against Julian Assange. And um, I, I really believe we're facing a, 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 a sort of a, an intersection between a fork in the the road here at a critical yes. you know, transformational time with technology, the information age, and it's either potentially going to go down a very dark road uh, uh, of increased uh, censorship and increased uh, uh, kind of tyranny and or uh, the opposite, you know, where we have a much more open, um, just society. And, um, and I think Julian and, and, and uh, the people in, this, in the uh, and the, the, the edge, you know, the leading edge of this uh, information age, have always been aware of that. They've seen that coming for like the last, you know, since back, way back 70s and 80s. And uh, I think we're we're really starting to see that, that fight play out yes. right now. So I want to impress upon people that this is a revolutionary time that, and you may not, you know, fully grasp that, but uh, it's happening whether you sleep on it or not. Um, But we are in a fight and it's a real historic fight. Um, Yeah. 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 uh, It's no
1: joke, Matt. This is really no joke. I keep trying (laughs) to, I I, I try not to sound like a raving lunatic when I'm trying to impress that upon people, because if you you are passionate about it, you can start to sound a little bit nutty, Uh, but that we really are. This is, in my opinion, it's, Yeah, it's a real crossroads. I mean, we're we're uh I think if you objectively step back and take a look at where we are and the things that are happening right right now, you're right. We are very close to uh lurching into legitimate hardcore authoritarianism we're already really kind of there um but it's more subtle yeah, I think that we are I mean mm-hmm. with cbdcs yeah. and now Nikki yep. Haley's talking about you can't be anonymous online and they want they want to monitor and surveil everything that you do while maintaining complete secrecy for themselves and it's supposed to be the opposite yeah. they're supposed to be um uh, uh, secrecy mm-hmm. and um you know security and things for the public and complete transparency for power and it is completely reversed right mm-hmm. now and it is something that I I don't think people recognize the real danger that lies in that system that we are creating for ourselves so this really is uh for me uh and the assange case i think signifies um which direction we're going to go on that crossroads and so it is of uh, in my opinion again i I realize i'm a little bit biased here but i I don't think i'm wrong uh i think that it represents really uh the the greatest fight that we face right now so okay matt listen unfortunately we're out of time tell everybody where they can find Mm. you where they can follow you where they can check out all the stuff that you're doing all of that good stuff
6: yeah, thank you so much. Wonderful to chat to you. And uh, yeah, kia kaha, which is Māori for Stand Strong. And um, yeah, so Matt O'Branon, uh, which is spelt branane, and um, uh, on Twitter, Instagram, even TikTok, I've found is quite good, um, funnily enough. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, and Aotearoa for Assange was a website, a4a.nz, uh, you can get a bit of a, a brief uh, of the case that I've laid out. Uh, a nice summary with some links and stuff so that's a4a.nz for some info and yeah follow and uh you know share stuff i I try to make content you can share on social media um so please try to share all that stuff
1: it's really difficult Mm -hmm. to get past the algorithm matt thank you so much for coming on i appreciate you taking the time as julian assange says learn challenge act now do not go anywhere timothy Shea, right after this tnt radio